Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. All right, results from a survey gathered by Public Health Ontario say that graphic warning labels, similar to those that you see on cigarette packages of dying people, uh, that they should be on alcohol too. And if they were on alcohol, they could stop people from drinking. To talk more about all of this, Dan Malik, health sciences professor, Brock University, author of Try to Control Yourself, the regulation of public drinking in post-prohibition Ontario, and When Good Drugs Go Bad, Opium Medicine and the Origins of Canada's Drug Laws. Uh, Dan is with us now. Hello, Dan. How are you today? I'm well, Scott. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for uh, taking the uh, time to join us. We appreciate that. Yeah, uh, no problem. Does does alcohol cost the province uh, as much as smoking does, as far as death and such? Do you know? Uh, I don't. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm afraid, Scott. I I I, I don't think so. Um, but I, I I don't know. I would ass- I would assume no. I would say that that smoking yeah. is more of a uh, of a health epidemic than what uh, alcohol is. Uh, that- Certainly, before a lot of the restrictions on smoking, that that's for sure. Um, that would that was the case. Uh, and what we have now with alcohol is there's this increased scrutiny because a lot of the public health um, researchers and yeah, I don't want to you know um, put down public health too much. No, nope. I've had often heard it said that we we got you know. We did it with smoking. We can do it with alcohol, right? This kind of almost like a moralistic campaign against something. Uh, Um, That's great, but we're just about to introduce legalized marijuana, so don't rest too comfortably. (laughs) I mean, really? Oh, those conversations were actually fascinating as well. (laughs) Yeah, when we get into that. So, uh, so uh, obviously, we've seen the graphic warnings on cigarette Mm -hmm. package, uh, cigarette packages. Do you think this is the route to go with alcohol packaging? Um, I don't think, well, I, I say A, no, as, a, as someone who, who drinks, mm-hmm. uh, but also as a researcher um, who looks at where these campaigns come from. There are a lot of differences between tobacco and uh, alcohol that some people tend to forget about when they get really um, excited about this. Give us an example. Uh, what do you mean? Well, for example, um, our, uh, our tobacco-free legislation came about um, because of the concerns about secondhand smoke, mm-hmm. right? Like that was what made it change from a personal choice to a, this is not my choice to smoke if I'm working in this environment or hanging out in this environment. That's where it came from. But then it opened this door for more, um, more legislation. I don't have a problem with clean air, so-called clean air laws, because I don't smoke and I don't like the, the habit. But as someone who looks at this sort of philosophically, we see how this opens these doors to we did it with one we can do it with the other tell people who clearly don't know enough um what they you know what they should be doing right and that's that's how it opens up um into these uh, other things um there's also a connection between the anti-alcohol movement of today and there's an anti-alcohol movement and prohibition of 80 years ago a lot of people refer to this as neo-prohibitionism which replaced the moral uh, it's going to destroy our society right. from a moral standpoint and turn it into a health-based argument so they cling to any evidence they have of the damage of alcohol or take a little bit of suggestive evidence and expand it into very big sort of moral um uh or very big campaigns campaigns against a certain way of drinking or or certain demographic drinking. Wouldn't it be um, and, wouldn't it seem yeah. to have more impact if they were concentrating on drinking and driving? 
Well, I think this is what one of the, this is one of, yeah, yes. And, and that is where a lot of the current uh, anti-alcohol, the sort of resurgence of this. And, and I don't have a problem with people saying, you know, don't drink. I'm not saying yeah. drink and drive. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't have a problem with any of those things. But what it does is, again, it opens into a, a lot of the uh, anti-drinking and driving campaign, the, the very successful campaign, uh, came out of, again, some of these, te- these temperance and prohibition organizations that found that they um, needed a new way of addressing alcohol, mm. right? Um, and and some of these labels, my understanding from the study, and I have to say, the study hasn't been published yet. This was an article about a presentation made at a conference, and any of us who've made presentations at conference know there's a long, it's, it can be a long way from you standing up and, and showing the results of some research and it actually becoming more credible from a sort of a, uh, academic perspective or scientific perspective, right? Um, but they did include pictures about um, um, uh, drinking and driving, mm-hmm. uh, serving alcohol to underage, um, the issue of uh, pregnant women drinking, which we already see um, yep. uh, 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 signs about that all over the place. Uh, so, so, so we we, we already we we, well. we already have uh, uh, text warnings on liquor now. Do we not? They do in the states. Do they here? They do in some states. Yeah, yeah. It depends on. Do the, they in Canada? Uh, Anti liquor lobby. Pardon me. Do we in Canada have those? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, it would be a. Prov- I think it's a provincial thing. I'm not. I'm pretty sure it would be a provincial thing. But no, we don't, as far as I know. Uh, um, but they're often usually little text um, uh, issues about surgeons general's warnings. Exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think maybe they're shooting for the picture and the images and then we'll settle with just one of those since we don't have those anyway, which probably yeah. most wouldn't disagree with? Well, this is the thing. I mean, what the, um, researchers, researchers will look at different ways to address a topic. Um, this came up, I understand, at a public health conference. So they're, they're looking at different ways of, you know, we've dealt with tobacco, we'll deal with alcohol. Um, and then, yeah, making policy recommendations. I would be very surprised if... Anything about graphic images um, on alcohol labels um, came out anytime soon. Mm. But also, we have to remember the the way people consume alcohol, right? So, um, uh, normally with cigarettes, people are buying packs of cigarettes, mm-hmm. right? But if you go to a bar, you're not you might get something in a glass. So do they put yeah. the labels on the glass? Or yeah, there you go. Hey, as well as getting a, a as well as well as getting a glass that says Guinness on it or whatever <laughs> on the back of it, it'll also have a picture of somebody who's dying from an alcohol disease. Yeah, Guinness for strength, and then a little label over top, but it'll kill you. Or yeah, that's right. It'll have it'll have Guinness on the front and your liver on the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so so there's there's those issues of of the rollout. I mean, I I personally have an issue with the um, you know again as a as a scholar who looks at this. I have an issue with those um, women who drink during pregnancy are going to hurt their baby kind of rhetoric because the research is really poor, but it pushes this kind of guilt-based uh, imperative upon women who might have a glass of wine. And then what it does is it also opens up, gives, it seems to give people permission to go up to a woman who's pregnant and having maybe half a glass of wine or something to go and wag their finger in their face. Right. Right? And so that doesn't create a lot of... That creates, there, there are researchers who, who show that this actually creates the kind of stress in mothers and things like that actually is more harmful than mm. a glass of wine once in a while, right? So all of these things kind of connect to this, uh, the, the, the things that aren't asked in, um, in conferences like this, which is what are the negative effects of these, of these sorts of campaigns and, and what kind of problems could there be? And, and 
what are the ethical implications of these kind of campaigns, right? And, and those are things that aren't asked because they think public health, it's a positive good, and therefore we can't possibly be doing any harm. What would the negatives be? Uh, to Well, I mean, I mentioned, for example, uh, well, there's, there's a few. Some of them are less um, easy to sort of get your hands around. The one I mentioned already about pregnant women and drinking does mm-hmm. cause a lot of stress and a lot of unnecessary, I would say, um, sort of, uh, condemnation, mm-hmm. right? Which, mm-hmm. which is itself maybe not biomedical so much as you know social and cultural, yeah. um, but also these sorts of things. Um, it's based on really thin science, and it opens the door to people making other accusations or other claims based and and just because it sounds right, we'll agree with it. Kind of um, approach, right? Uh, so I can't get into a lot of others, but there are. It's the funny thing about alcohol is that it's tough to get ethical approval to do some of the research that you need to confirm some of these things. You can't lock hmm. a bunch of women up in a room for nine months and fly <laughs> half them of a bunch of alcohol yeah. at different amounts and mm. then see the birth defects that come up. So you have to do different types of research that um, uh, can't take uh, the, the mothers out of a situation where there could be other toxins, other social and physical effects on their body, right? So, so that stuff is hard to do. Uh, the uh, authors of the article said uh, the most effective warnings include full-color negative uh, depictions of the health consequences of drinking accompanied by strong borders and a warning in capital letters uh, with the text. Uh, yeah. Most effective in what way? Are these most effective in curbing people's drinking or just most effective in getting their attention? Again, I don't know, because we didn't get enough information about this presentation. That's one of the problems with stuff that's not that doesn't go through what we call the peer review process, right? So other people look at it and say, yeah, this is good, um, or this is you know, well-done research. We don't know the questions they ask, right? That's, it's, just, it's a lot like political um, surveys done on the phone where they say, you know, do you support uh, this uh, issue, but they say it in a way that people would not possibly want to right. not support that, right? And so we don't know if they said, do you find this upsetting? Or would this stop you from drinking? Or if they give them some drinks and then say, here, look at this picture. Do you still want to have a drink? Like, we don't know the kind of environment in which they um, presented these. So, so it's hard to say this would stop them. They're effective because they might catch someone's attention because if you're sitting in a room doing a survey and someone shows you that picture, you go, whoa, wow, that's something. Like, so, yeah. How are they going to manage this once marijuana is legalized? Like, I mean, you know, it's, they've just got us all off smoking. They're trying to get us to reduce our drinking. And now they encourage yeah. us, not necessarily encouraging us, but certainly making it easier to smoke pot. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it, it, like, how are they going to address this? It, it's a really good question. And there was actually an article in one of the major papers today by an epidemiologist from Vancouver arguing that pot should be by um, a prescription only, right? Yeah. Um, because of all of these potential dangers and the argument that, well, you know, alcohol isn't as bad as pot, therefore, and we make alcohol legal. Um, he said that that argument is not, is not enough. But there's also, um, again, with, with pot as with drinking, more with pot, that the research is still very scanty on the connections. But if someone looks at one, um, look, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a connection between this condition and this condition in these certain cases, they well, there's this tendency because there's already all of this moral concern around cannabis 
and you know, with alcohol as well. There's this moral concern around. So see, we really need to be careful about this. We, we shouldn't do it because we found a little bit of evidence there. With tobacco, it was a very different thing. Tobacco was broadly accepted, generally. Um, like a lot of people did it. Um, and then research started coming out showing that there was a problem. So it wasn't that people were going, oh, tobacco is horrible. Oh, and by the way, look, now we found that it causes cancer, right? It was, oh, we love smoking. What? It causes what, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm really simplifying it. Right. But, but it's a very different environment. So this is why, you know, we talk about this a lot. This is why um, the cannabis file is going to take a while to to. Um, to roll out because of those concerns. But the alcohol one, I think, is a really important test case because it's accepted, it's legal, but there's increasingly amount of pressure on uh, governments to deal with these sometimes less than firmly um, proven connections. Are we, uh, doing, are we doing enough research now on marijuana and the long-term effects of it on health? Uh, I don't know the answer to that either. I know that in the past uh, decade, there has been a ramping up of this type of research because of the availability of marijuana and because of government funding um, or, or governments encouraging this because of the, the legalization question. Um, but I don't know if, I don't know what enough would be, right? Um, there certainly are a lot of questions that are not yet answered. And there are a lot of questions that will be difficult to answer for a while. Right? Do you think we're going to see uh, graphic images similar to cigarettes on alcohol bottles? Will we get that far? Um, that is a long way off, if ever. Uh, I would suspect that, yeah, I, I can't say. I, I don't like to try to predict. I, I would be very surprised. Dan Malik um, is, sorry, go ahead, Dan. So I was just going to say the fight for text, just text labels in some of the U.S. states was pretty hard fought. So... Yeah, and we're probably going to see that first before picks, right? Probably, yeah. Dan Malik has been with us, health sciences professor, Brock University, author of Try to Control Yourself, the Regulation of Public Drinking in Post-Prohibition Ontario, and When Good Drugs Go Bad, Opium Medicine and the Origins of Canada's Drug Laws. Dan, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. My pleasure, Scott. Thanks a lot.